Good evening and welcome to Blindspot. Tonight on the program we are proud to present Cardiac Lincoln, an experimental radio play featuring the talents of Eric Humphrey, Jake Quickle, Brian Taylor, Jenny Walters, Lisa Miller, and myself, I'm John Wenzel. Each week, Blindspot creates a unique live radio experience that explores the possibilities of radio. For more information on this program, as well as pictures, MP3s, details about the collective of artists, musicians, writers, performers, and art professionals that work on the show, please visit our website at stopgostop.com slash blindspot. And now, for our 37th episode, we present a story of love, a story of a president, a story of the seesaw of existence, a story of the organ known as the heart. Live on WLUW 88.7, Independent Community Radio, Chicago. Blindspot presents Cardiac Lincoln. The moods. Every one of us has moods. You yourself have more than your fair share of them, Abraham. They express the various aspects of your character. So it is with the English language, and you must try to consider this language as if it were a living person who may be awkward and stumbling, or pompous and pretentious, or simple and direct, or even smug. Name five moods. Hmm. The indicative, the imperative, the potential, the subjective, and the infinitive. And what do they signify? The indicative mood is the easy one. It just indicates a thing, like he loves or he is loved, or when you put it in the form of a question, does he love or is he loved? The imperative mood is used for commanding, like, get out, and be damned to you. Is that the best example you can think of, Abe? Get out. Get the hell out. Thank you. Now imagine you're making the State of the Union address. 
You cotton-mouth traitor. How are you to see the gravity of the situation if you're constantly peeing on the electric fence? I know that it puts your fluids in the proper order, and you need plenty of ordering. But you're killing the grass. How are we to have a, how are we to have a beautiful lawn if you keep screwing it up? Get out. Get the hell out. Now then, <clears throat> my fellow Americans, when you imagine yourself resolved, do you see any violations? In a more perfect union, can we resolve without effects that are legally void? That acts in violence? According to circumstance in any state? Thank you. Thank you. That's perfect, Dave. The other organs around it were merely existed to cool the heart. Yes, the mighty organ, the heart. These were the thoughts of, Ar of Aristotle. He derived this, in this information by strangling his subjects, in the case of animals, to death. But he was wrong again. First the earth is the center of the universe, and now this. Tragic. Tragic, another Greek tragedy. Why do we listen to the Greeks? When did they ever get anything right? The only thing they ever did was throw a good keg party. Form without matter is on one end. Matter without form is on the other. A seesaw existence. Motion. Emotion. Which affects the substance of a thing. Motion. Emotion. Which brings changes in quality. Motion. Emotion. Which brings changes in quantity by increasing and decreasing motion. Emotion. Which brings about locomotion. Come on, baby, do the 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 locomotion with me. Tragic. From alpha to omega tragic. Thank you. 
Part 1. Pay attention to those situations, people, places that you close off from your heart. Tell me about how the state of Florida ruined your life. No, you've got it all wrong. I'll only tell you, but you have to promise to believe me. In what areas of life do you feel close-hearted? How did you react when given the option to have a successful life? Where did you feel resistance? I wasn't closed-hearted exactly. I was protecting myself from loss. Plus, I was never given an option of anything. My resistance was normal. Were things bad at that point? Well, no. Yes, they were. We hadn't seen each other that much lately, and we just hadn't been good together for a couple of months. He'd been closing me out of his life slowly and mechanically. I'd like to say that I had some fault in the matter, but, well, I did have some fault in the matter, so we took a vacation to Florida. So in your own words, Mr. Lincoln, what happened? But here's an object more of dread that aught the grave contains. A human from the reason fled while wretched life remains. When terror spread and neighbors ran, your dangerous strength to bind. And soon, a howling crazy man, your limbs were fast confined. How then you strove and shrieked aloud, your bones and sinews bared, and fiendish fiendish on the grazing crowd, with burning eyeballs glared, and begged and swore and wept and prayed, with manic laughter joined. How fearful were these signs displayed by pangs that killed the mind. Salem, Illinois. 
It is a small room, but the walls are lined with books and family pictures. In the entrance is a table with a lamp on it. Another light, a candle in a glass globe, is on a bureau at the right. There are comfortable chairs on either side of the table, and a sofa at the left. At the back, towards the left, is the front door. A rifle is leaning against the wall by the door. Anne Rutledge, I love you and I will always love you, and even if you die and I end up marrying a bitter, homely woman with whom I never have a good physical or emotional relationship. Mr. Abraham Lincoln, I love you even if I am engaged with a man 1,500 miles away and I find you a good tease in hopes of my real love coming back to me because I don't want to be an old maid. I mean, I'm 20 and I'm not married yet and I'm going to die in the next year, so I better try my best to marry while I still have life in me. Oh, and this is perfect. So, Abe, how did you and Anne meet? Well... When I moved to New Salem, Illinois, I took to boarding at the Rutledge house. They were very nice, and I was trying to run a grocery at the time, and I was very, very unsuccessful. The Rutledges didn't expect me to pay my rent on time. This was all before I was postmaster or even thought about going into law or politics. And Anne, was it love at first sight? Not at all. Abe was such an awkward man. I did not have any feelings for him. True, he was very kind to me, but I began to think of him as an older brother after a while, and not as a lover. So how did things spark between you? It sounds as if things weren't hot and heavy from the start. Well, after I gave up on the grocery, I was sitting with Anne at a local tavern, and she was lamenting due to a letter she had received from her betrothed. Yeah, he'd moved back east due to family, and he was supposed to ring me out there, or come back to New Salem. But it had been almost a year, and his letters held no promises in them anymore. So, I admitted my love to her. And that was very sweet. How did you react? Laughter at first. I was very lonely, and Mr. Lincoln was very well respected in the community. So I told Abe that I'd go on a picnic with him and spend time with him, but I promised nothing. And this hurt me. I... I've felt very little passion in my life, and Anne had awakened such vigor in me that I did not know what to do. How did you deal with it, Anne? It drove me crazy. Abe's mood swings and his inability to express himself physically with me only worsened my anxiety. It drove me into illness. Illness? Yes, illness. On the plains in our time, any time a woman had problems, it was considered an illness of the mind and body. My dealings with Abe separated me from my emotions to such an extent that I could no longer function. So I died. Which was great. Because then I could hold on to this memory of Anne in such a way that it would ruin all the rest of my relationships. She could then function as the perfect woman. That's really disturbing, Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> yes, it was perfect, simply perfect. Anne Rutledge, I love you and I will always love you, even if you die and I end up marrying a bitter, homely woman with whom I never have a good physical or emotional relationship. And even if our relationship was never very healthy, I've forgotten the truth in time.
gotten off course. So in your own words, please explain. Many things have been written about me and my relationship with my husband. It is true that things were strained, but times were different. Marriage was seen as a contract between one family and another. Many men and women rose in their social or political statue uh, due to their choice in bride or groom. Love, affection, passion, they weren't in the equation. My marriage to Abraham was a combination of all of these. This happens today, doesn't it? Families of wealth and power marry those of greater or lesser wealth and power. This union creates political machines or financial institutions. Love is strange. If you asked me I loved him, my answer would be yes. If you asked me if I pushed him into politics, my answer would be yes. If you asked me if I loved the money, power, and influence that being the wife of the president grants you, the answer would be yes. We were both affected a great deal by our emotions. The war, the loss of our son, and our general unbalanced emotional makeup affected the both of us. I tried to solve some of these things through contacting the dead, buying hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of furniture, dresses, among other things. What about the rumors? What about- My goodness, it is improper to ask such questions. The activities of a husband and wife behind closed doors should stay there. Mm, then you won't answer me? Heavens no. What about his relationship with Anne Rutledge? It isn't a woman's place to ask a man about his relations before they are wed. Times have changed. Relationships before the relationship that you are currently in shape the intentions, the flavor, the expectations, and even the, lo the longevity of the current relationship. I'm confused by this. Where is the morality in this? How does one live up to the expectation of the creator? Oh, it's the end of that era. I am done with judgment. I spend my time worrying about safe sex and the longing in my heart that worry has created. Before 1900, very few people died of heart disease. It is well documented that our industrial society has produced a nation of sedentary individuals that would rather eat potato chips and fried foods than scrub laundry by hand or walk as their primary means of tra transportation. While on the emergency room table, I had to have my heart restarted with a burst of electricity. My heart then returned to its normal rhythm. Four of my arteries were blocked. This, this held me back in my personal relationships. I, I couldn't care about anything until after my quadruple bypass. I'm afraid my heart's going out of rhythm again. Fluttering, 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 and fluttering.
I can say that now, but at the time, I would have said that things couldn't have been better. So your first trip to Florida together was painless? Oh, I, I don't know that any road trip in which you cross state lines can be painless. Remember that gas station in Georgia? The one with the shed painted like a peach, or the one where you, or the one you stole from? I didn't steal anything. Oh, you forgot to pay. I know, I know. I, I just don't see the difference. You see why things didn't work. How so? The constant picking at me, the bringing up the negative memories instead of the positive ones. Just memories. I didn't bring it up trying to blame anyone. So, was it a good trip? It was a good trip. Eric whined like a little baby a couple of times, but all in all, it was good-natured and helped our relationship. I didn't whine. Oh, the heat. Oh, my legs hurt. I don't want to listen to country music. I don't want to drive. My back aches. I have to go to the bathroom. My feet are cold. The sun is in my eyes. My camera's out of batteries. My mind is not working. Where are we? I don't like this state. My belly hurts. Those were observations of experiences, not whining. At any rate, the rate of heart disease increased so sharply between 1940 and 1967 that the World Health Organization called it the world's most serious epidemic. Of course, they were speaking mostly of Western countries, but what else do you expect from so-called world organizations? Remember, sensations come and go. Remember to breathe. Remember that world organizations come and go. Remember that heartache is a serious epidemic on soap operas. Thank you. 
A certain detachment from emotional and rational thought, brought on by hardship, depression, or family history. I've felt these things all my life. At times it's felt like a specter, at times a goal. Either way, it's caused nothing but trouble. My happiest times have been ruined. The first time I was to wed my Mary Todd, dread came over me. She and her family sat and waited for me. I jumped town to toil in my troubles. To leave a woman at the altar and have her still wed you as a gift, a gift that does not lead to a happy life. The curse of my emotional calamities were never seen in public, but neither were any of my emotions, except envy and jealousy. Once during the war, when I saw a general riding too close to my Mary Todd, fits of anger, fits of anger. This is not to make this is not the makeup of a happy man. But war does things to people. A family of troubles. A family of troubles. list everyone you can think of who has had a history of mental illness or depression. Mm. Ernest Hemingway, Buzz Aldrin, Abraham and Mary Todd Lincoln, Vivian Lee, Tennessee Williams, uh, Lionel Aldridge, and Thomas Eagleton. And of these people... Whom do you connect with most? Buzz Aldrin, 
Uh, but not because of the depression he felt after walking on the moon. But he seems like the type of guy you could just have a beer with. The other moods, Abe. What are examples of the potential, the subjective, and the infinitive? What do they signify? The potential mood, um, expressing possibility. He can love, or he can be loved. The, su the subjective mood, um, now th this is something we Americans are good at. The placing emphasis on one's own mood, egocentric in nature. I love, or I am lonely. And the infinitive mood? What of that, Abe? To be, um, to be immeasurably great. To be unlimited or unfathomable in time and space. To be capable of great things no matter the given set. To try to speak clearly. A push of mathematics beyond the preconceptions of the rational mind. I want to eat. No specified subject. Grand. Infectiously grand. Section 2. Be a witness to yourself. Translate the present moments through your reactions and hesitations. The moods of the body are like language. They have a certain structure and fluidity to them. Once you discover the rhetoric, the structures and subsets reveal themselves. Be willing to replace your heart with a counterfeit organ if needed. Examples. Next time you meet someone new, don't compare their hand size with that of your last love. Do not expect others to be more comfortable with their feelings as you are with yours. By that I mean, don't expect them to like pillows with the same fluffiness. Whatever you, whatever you do, don't be talked into or talk someone into sex. While pleasure will be had, the outcome is never honorable or desired. When you find yourself involved in a relationship that you don't want to be in, act fast. If you continue to see the aforementioned person, you may end up liking them. And when it falls apart, you won't understand why it hurts. When driving a car with your future ex-girlfriend, do not have an anxiety attack. It will only strengthen your relationship and lengthen the downfall of that relationship. 
When you find yourself in a good relationship, try to speak clearly. You don't want your thoughts to be lost in the act of communication. Remember, you can always claim that a past relationship has scarred you. It's a safe bet that that's hard to argue with. If you see someone you used to date, the best option is to turn around and leave. When you have discovered that you are stuttering around with a feeling and your body knows what is happening, the only thing to do in that, in, in, in that, in that situation is to make sure that your bladder's empty. Before you run, make sure that it is not a form of hesitation. Mr. Mr. Lincoln, Lincoln. Mr. Mr. Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Where, where am I? How did I... Your mother dies when you are six years old. You think your mother was born out of wedlock. You think you might have been born out of wedlock. You owe everyone you have ever met money. You cannot run a small business. You are awkward around women. Whether you find them attractive or not does not matter. You become a lawyer. You are a 35-year-old virgin whore. You never become what you thought you could be. You occasionally sleep in the same bed as men, and your wife does not seem to care. You become the 16th president of the United States. You are part of the war between the states. You are in a marriage that does not seem to be happy. The last thing you hear before your death is your wife's laugh. of the Edwards House in Springfield, Illinois. An evening in November, there was a fireplace at the right, a heavily curtained bay window at the left, a door at the back, leading into the front hall. At the right, by the fireplace, a couch and an easy chair. There is another couch at the left, and a table and chairs at the back. There are family portraits on the walls. It is all moderately elegant. I don't think I've explained it very, very well. So why don't we just move on to the second trip to Florida? That's the one where that was truly the end. We had it planned out months in advance. I had this conference in Orlando. 
We were going to drive down and spend some time seeing the sights. This meant driving across about eight, or was it six, states altogether. I still don't know why we drove. My company would have bought tickets. We still thought that the first trip was special. Either way, it was just it was just too much. I think it's state three. I just wanted to jump out of the car. We broke up by state two. We made up in state three, and then we weren't talking to each other at all by the time we entered the state of Florida. We still had four days and five nights left in Orlando. No amount of magic could help us. I can still remember the conversation. What are you what are you telling me that we should just end this? Isn't that what you just said to me that we haven't had any sort of physical relationship for months and that we can't even communicate anymore if it's not fighting? Yes, that's that's what I said, but it doesn't mean that I want to end it. I'm just saying that things have been bad. That sounds like you want to end things to me. I know I can't imagine things going any further with us, can you? No, me neither. I love you, but I guess I guess we're over. I know. I love you, but we have to stop pretending that this is a healthy relationship. I thought we could spend our time in Florida apart, but together. But I was lying to myself. I also thought that everything would work out for the, for the better. That somehow we would resolve our differences and things would get back to normal. But I was just lying to myself. I spent $558 I didn't have to fly home after the first night. I tried to write it off on my taxes as an emotional deduction, but my accountant didn't think that was wise. Abe Lincoln, you bird dog, you. How are you going to lead a nation if you're constantly straining your neck at every piece of tail that struts by? Did you ever think of the political ramifications of such behaviors? I'm not even going to approach the gravity of the situation. Do you know what could happen if the country knew you had syphilis? How could anyone take any of your proclamations seriously, you awkward SOB? Abe Lincoln, you may have been the most photographed person alive, but that doesn't make you pretty. They had to reshape your face to make you look smarter, to reshape your moral compass. Your head was never that large. Abe Lincoln, you tall drink oh drink of water. When's the last time you actually touched your touched your shoes? You may tower over us physically, but your moral convictions are suspect. You may have rented a pew, a church pew for years, but I can't find one person to say you were you, you were ever there. What, didn't you didn't you fit? Mr. Lincoln, Mr. Abraham Lincoln. I uh well, I rather thought that I uh So um, in your words, Mr. Lincoln, what happens? Well, um 
I've been waiting for the scientific community to invent the love bot. True, this may sound a bit perverse, and I know that there are plenty of ways in which science has contributed to the field of self-gratification, but they have yet to produce a love bot. What would you consider a love bot? I think that is a most fascinating question. Whether or not science can engineer a robot that could satisfy sexual inquiries is not the only qualification. For a love bot to exist, in my opinion, the electrodes and circuits would have to replicate three specific attributes. Number one, the response after coitus with a new love versus that of a familiar. Number two, the hesitations and accelerations that cause a dynamic relationship. And number three, the sweet smell of your lover that is left behind on the pillow when they're away. It sounds as if you're just lonely and can't find a human girl. Or you just can't commit to a meaningful interpersonal relationship with someone that feels or has opinions. Is that true, Mr. Lincoln? I will not deny that there is a certain... Well, the, the want of a love bot is not the perfect quest. But in all the advances in AI technology, isn't the one aspect that is most sought after the ability to love, the programmer could finally calculate and reproduce love. Let me ask you this, Abe. Are you just dissatisfied with your abilities to love and be loved? Love, loss, language, um, they've, they've brought me much pain in my life. I cannot imagine myself able to communicate in such ways. Get with the system! Pull your skinny butt out of this melancholy field! I would, but I have a particular chemical imbalance that medical science has yet to decipher a proper cure for. I push people away in hopes that I will never have to have them experience what troubles I myself experience. I'm stuck on such a seesaw of joy and pain. Joy and pain. Joy and Joy and pain? Joy and pain? Yes. Sunshine and then rain. Come on!
Section 3. Accept your moods and be aware of the way in which they affect others. Be aware. Make sure you eat before talking on the phone. Your words will be slightly more useful. Admit to yourself that sleeping with someone on, on the first date is not a prerequisite to a happy life. It may, in fact, have more to do with your libido than happiness. Which leads us to a larger question. Where is happiness located? Physical or mental life? You're falling into a classic Cartesian trap to say that an abstract concept can be rooted in either the tangible or intangible world is drawing your definitions too directly. I think, therefore, I get laid. That is a ridiculous statement. Ergo, happiness is a ridiculous statement. When on a date, count to 112 before ordering a drink. Holy crap, this is great. He loves. Or... He is loved? Or... Does he love? Or... Can he love? Mr. Lincoln? Mr. Abraham Lincoln, why don't you answer me? Uh, I don't know. I suppose I'll figure it out before I die. I just need some sleep. You have been listening to Blindspot, Cardiac Lincoln. 
featuring the voice talents of Eric Humphrey, Jake Quickle, Brian Taylor, and Jenny Walters. This show has been engineered by Lisa Miller and John Wenzel. It was written, composed, and produced by John Wenzel. Each week here on Blindspot, we create a unique, unique live radio experience that explores the possibilities of radio. For more information about the collective of artists, musicians, writers, performers, and art professionals that work on the show, please visit our website at stopgostop.com slash blindspot. Tune in next week for a very, very special show. It's the Pledge Drive show. We'll be broadcasting an alternative soundtrack to The Twilight Zone. Tune in your radio and watch. Also, either next Sunday uh, during Blindspot or any time during this week, please make your donation to WLUW's Pledge Drive. And I believe that donations actually can be made now on the website, which is WLUW.org. Your support is greatly appreciated. Coming up in just a few minutes on WLUW 88.7 Independent Community Radio is something else. Thank you for listening. This has been Blindspot.